Discussing the greatness of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What can any insan, any human being do any justice to this? This is something that Allah Taala Himself has claimed that warafana laka dikrak. That we have elevated your remembrance, your mention. That this is something whether the whole humanity remembers you or not. Allah Taala has elevated your. Zikr and mention beyond what any human being can ever imagine, and the explanation of this verse, Nabi Sallallahu himself has given by a hadith of Qudsi, where Allah Tabarak wa Taala says that Ida Zukir tu Zukir ta Ma'i, that we have elevated your mention to such a level that whenever Allah Taala says that I am going to be mentioned, you are going to be mentioned. When a person will enter into Islam, he will accept iman. He will have to recite the kalima La ilaha illallah, the shahad ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. So that proclamation of Tawheed and the oneness of Allah Taala, that too will not yet be acceptable until he also proclaims the shahadat about the messengership of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Together with ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, he will have to also proclaim wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasul. So even if iman is not possible without the mention and the acceptance and bearing testimony in the messengership of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when it will come to the azan, the azan will not be complete without the mention of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. It will come to salah. Even his salah will not be complete in his tashahud. He will have to recite Ashhadu anna ilaha illallah. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ When the Muazzin will give the Iqamat, in the Iqamat also the same will happen. When a person will be entering the Masjid, the Masnoon manner, then he will enter the way Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam thought. First he will recite Durood and Salaam. Bismillahi wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah. Allahumma aftahli abwaab al-hamdik. So at any given moment in time, throughout the world, somebody is busy talking. Giving Fajr Azan, somebody is already giving Dhuhr Azan, somebody Maghrib Azan, somebody is in the Iqamat, somebody is in the Tashahud, somebody is entering the Masjid, somebody is reciting the Dua after Azan. Wherein they are also, we are asking Allah Taala to grant Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the wasila and the high position and status. In short, there isn't one millisecond that where Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not remembered on earth by millions of people. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has elevated His position beyond what the whole humanity together can imagine. But what is the thing that we need to focus on? That Allah Taala has blessed Nabi Islam with the greatest position. Baadus Khuda Buzruk Tuhi Kisa Muhtasar. That after Allah Taala, it is your position. Nobody else but the position of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But Allah Taala sent Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as a guide for us, blessed him with all the best qualities, blessed him with everything to the perfect level, and Allah Taala then sent him as a guide for us. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ Allah Taala made him a mercy unto the entire mankind, entire the universe. Now, what is this mercy? What did Allah Taala bless him with? What did He come to give us? 
One is to mention Rasulullah sallallahu to discuss his personality, to discuss his Mubarak Sirat. This is a great ibadat. This is a very great ibadat. And it is an ibadat that should be ongoing. It is not something for one day in the year, a few occasions in the year. It is something that should be a part and parcel of our daily life. The remembrance of Rasulullah sallallahu whether by way of discussing some aspect or the other of his Mubarak Sirat, whether by way of daily recitation of Durud Sharif, which should be a part and parcel of every mu'min's life, whether by means of having the practice and the sunnah of Rasulullah in our lives, so every day, every moment of one's life, one is practicing the sunnah consciously. But now he's eating, so he's eating in a particular way, because this is how my beloved Rasulullah ate. He ate with the right hand, I'm going to eat with the right hand. He recited Bismillah, so I am consciously reciting Bismillah. That's the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu He ate from the front of the food, from the front of the plate, I'm going to eat accordingly. Each thing consciously. Now he drank water with, in three steps, I'm going to do it accordingly. So at every moment he is remembering Rasulullah Sallallahu by his Amal. What Amal? Ittibai Sunnah. So this is something which is a very great ibadat that a person remembers Rasulullah sallallahu by means of discussing his sirat. And together with that, by daily recitation of Durud Sharif, by ittiba'i sunnat, which is actually the peak of it all. But just to focus on one angle, that in all the things that we see in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu that whatever he expressed, whatever he encouraged, Whatever he asked the Ummah to do, you'll find it first and foremost in his life. And you'll find it to the level of perfection in his life. In the Quran Sharif, Allah wa Ta'ala says regarding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa This is in the backdrop of this aspect that one of the very prominent things that Nabi Sallallahu emphasized very greatly was the aspect of akhlaq. And what we just mentioned now was that whatever Nabi Sallallahu encouraged the Ummah to do, he did it first. Whatever he gave encouragement towards, it was in his life before anybody else. And to that level that nobody else can imagine reaching that level. So Nabi very very greatly emphasized and stressed the aspect of akhlaq. What was the level of his akhlaq? And even Allah Ta'ala testifies to this in the Quran Sharif. That wa inna laka la ajran ghayra mamnoon. O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there is a never ending reward for you. And why is this so? What is the reason for you being blessed with this never ending reward? Because you have the greatest akhlaq and character. The greatest akhlaq is what you possess, so therefore this never-ending reward is yours. And to know the akhlaq of somebody, who better to ask than a person's own wife? Because she'll know him best. Everybody else will think that this person can may think or can think that this person is nowhere, anywhere lower than the fifth heaven. Maybe the sixth or seventh would be one of the two, we don't know for sure. But never, not anywhere possible below the fifth heaven. That is as far as everybody else may be concerned. But then the person's wife, she might be wondering whether it is on the third earth or the fifth earth, underground. She'll know best. So here if we look at this particular yardstick to judge somebody, which is a very effective yardstick to judge a person's character and akhlaq. How does he conduct himself within the four walls of his home? So we ask Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, that what, is, what was the character and the way and the conduct of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha will give us the description. And when is this? This is right at the very beginning stages when the first wahi came. At that time she is expressing this. So this was part and parcel of his life before that already. 
when the first wahi came rasulullah sallallahu for the first time in his life is coming face to face with an angel for the jibril salatu wasalam such a mighty makhluk of allah taala nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam this weight of this wahi was such for the first time he's bearing his weights that weight which allah taala says had this quran been revealed on a mountain it would not be able to bear its weight it would have broken into small pieces and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam for the first time this wahi is coming so he was very very shaken and he comes home and he comes as a khadija radhiyallahu ta'ala anha it's a lengthy incident which we have heard on many occasions and then he says i really feared for my life that this weight was so much and i feared that would i be able to bear this so khadija radhiyallahu ta'ala anha responds spontaneously she wasn't trying to justify him this was a spontaneous response which was specifying him but it wasn't just to make up something to specify him the spontaneous he said kalla never impossible not possible that you will not be able to bear a responsibility that allah taala gives you because that would be failure and allah taala won't allow you to fail kalla wallahi la yukhzik allah abada allah taala will never allow any disgrace to come upon you Allah Taala will never allow any failure to come upon you. Why? Because you possess akhlaq. Inna kalatasilur rahim. First thing she mentions, you are that person who maintains family ties. Allah Taala loves this so much. Allah Taala won't allow you to fail. Inna kalatasilur rahim. Wa tahmilul kalb. You take on the burdens of others. Wa taksimul maadum. something that is not possible for a person to acquire you go and bring it for him you go and get it for him wa taqrib bayn you are the one who always entertains the guests wa tu'inu ala nawaib alhaq and if there's any misfortune any calamity has befallen somebody you are the first person to assist somebody who has all these character aspects in their life this kind of akhlaq this kind of character allah taala will allow you to fail kalla never never impossible If you ask Hazrat Aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha what was the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam after Hazrat Khadija radhiyallahu ta'ala anha she was the most beloved wife now she's talking and many a times the outside world will know the sweet words of a person but then person sometimes feel that he has to now balance things up he can't be sweet all the time so he's always sweet outside and bitter inside that's his concept of balancing it So Aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala is talking and she's talking obviously what is the character of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam out inside the house or outside wherever he may be ma kana rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam fahishan as Aisha radhiyallahu explains Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was never vulgar never a vulgar word never came on his tongue ma kana rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam fahishan wala mutafahishan he didn't even force himself to be vulgar in his state he was neither naturally vulgar He never forced himself to be vulgar because now he's in such a circle. People all sitting there talking some kind of flowery language, so a person feels out of place if he doesn't talk the same. Whereas that tongue which Allah Taala gave us to take His Mubarak name, how pure the tongue should remain. That tongue which a person says Allah, and that tongue is being soiled with vulgar languages for the sake of some paltry gain, few rands and cents. some employee made some little damage so now he gets the most flowery language or somebody just bumped into us so that person gets all the flowery languages is this the akhlaq of a mu'min is this the akhlaq that nabi sallallahu taught is this the dawat of deen that we are giving by our character so she says ma kana rasulullah sallallahu fahishan wala mutafahishan wala sahhaban fil aswaq He wouldn't even shout in the marketplace. He wouldn't even shout in a place where everybody else was raising their voices. The marketplace is like what we call a fish market. Everybody is talking at the top of their voice. Even in such a place he wouldn't shout, let alone at home. Let alone at home. If he doesn't shout in the marketplace, where is he going to shout at home? وَلَا يَجْزِيَ السَّيِّئَةَ بِالسَّيِّئَةِ وَلَا تُنْيَعْفُ وَيَسْفَحُ وَسَنْ عَيْشَ عَرْبِ اللَّهِ is explaining the akhlaq of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
And he never returned an evil with evil. He never returned a bad deed with bad. Somebody is harmed with harm. Walakin ya'fu wa yasfahu. He would forgive and overlook. This was Rasulullah. So the wife's testimony, this is a testimony. And if you ask somebody who was with him from his very childhood, ask Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. What was the akhlaq of Rasulullah? What kind of person was he? What was his character? What was his conduct? Hazrat Ali grew up in front of Nabi Sallallahu He was with him from childhood. And then he, he was his cousin. And then he became his son-in-law. And he was a person of the household. So he is talking now. And he is saying that Kana Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam da'im al-bish. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam forever smiling. Forever smiling. And smiling at who? Smiling at everyone that he was first and foremost those within the four walls of his home. As we often say, unfortunately, what, has, what happens many times is a person is so tired after smiling the whole day, all the haram smiles. All the haram smiles, he's so tired, his jaws are so now worn out, the muscles are so fatigued that he comes home, all he can do is frown. He's too tired to smile now. Where he was supposed to smile with his wife and children, there he's too tired to smile. All he can do is come in grumpy. Comes in without salam. And smiling is a very, very rare thing. It might be something if he smiles, sometimes he might get worried what happened. Whereas Rasulullah, this was his way, he's with his wife, with his children, with his near and dear ones, with everybody. كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى دَائِمَ الْبِشْرِ سَهْلَ الْخُلُقِ لَيْنَ الْجَانِبِ Very soft-natured person. Very soft-natured. In everything soft-natured. And he encouraged the soft-naturedness. He encouraged it in everything. Sometimes a person feels very, very good about himself. If somebody has to praise him, he's a very shrewd businessman. He drives a hard bargain. This person... If it's beyond shrewd, if somebody sees a ruthless businessman, the person feels a few inches taller. He feels it like such a praise. Whereas, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyil Is this praise? Is this something to be proud about? Whereas Rasulullah sallallahu what is his way? He's saying, rahimallahu rajulan samha. Ya Allah ta'ala hadith sallallahu dua, till qiyamat this dua is alive. For those who want to take it. Till Qiyamah, this dua of Nabi Sallallahu is present for the person who wishes to take it. Rahimallahu rajulan samha. May Allah Ta'ala have mercy, Allah Ta'ala's rahmat be showered down upon that person who is very easy going. Iza ba'a, wa iza shtara, wa iza qtada. Whether he's buying, he's easy going. He's selling, he's easy going. And if he is now demanding payment for whatever his due is, then too he's easy going. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's dua, Allah Ta'ala shower down rahmat. This was his nature himself, and this is what he advised. This is what he encouraged. Soft-naturedness. Sahl al-khuluq. Very soft-natured. Very easy-going. Laysa bifawdin, wala ghalidin. He was neither obscene, nor was he hard-hearted. He wasn't hard-hearted. He was very, very soft-hearted. He was somebody that would easily accept something that any requests. Somebody had any need, very easily he would submit to it as long as obviously it was within the limits of Sharia, within the boundaries of Deen. Wala sahabin, he would not be shouting and raising his voice. Wala ayyabin, he was not somebody to keep picking faults and looking for faults in a person. Why is this not like this? Why is this like that? And why there's so much of this? extra here and why this less of that day he was not somebody who carried on finding fault and picking faults looking for faults all the time wala mushahin miserliness out of the question miserliness was something that never came anywhere close to him he was a person who when he didn't have anything also his generosity still knew no bounds people would come and ask something Nabi Islam would say look I don't have anything now 
you go and buy it on so and so on credit and tell him that the payment is on me. You take the credit on my name. And when I have the means, I will pay for it. He had nothing and he's still generous. Once one person came, the Bislam gave him something. Sometime later he came again, the Bislam gave him something. Oh, the Bislam said to him, Come later, I don't have anything now. So the Umar said, Ya Nabi Allah, you already gave him once. If you just excuse yourself, that would have been good enough. Nabi Salaam didn't like this answer. Hazrat Bilal Anhu, he responded and said, Anfiq ya Rasulullah, wala takhaf min dil arshi ikhlala. Oh Nabi Allah, you keep spending. Don't ever have any fear of any lessening from this. Owner of the arsh, Allah Ta'ala will never make anything short for Nabi Salaam's face brightened up. He said, this is what Allah Ta'ala ordered me to do. If somebody asks something, wanted to do something, whether his wife, whether anybody else wanted to do something, and it wasn't in conformance with his temperament, he wasn't too happy about it, not something that was impermissible. It wasn't something that he preferred. So now it's not something haram, it's not something impermissible, but it was something he preferred. He didn't feel that this should have been done now. Oh, it should be done in this way. And now the person is asking to do it. So, He will just, just bypass it. Won't say anything about it. And he won't even say no. If it was something impermissible, then there was no question about ever, ever a request of that nature coming. But otherwise, he won't even say no. He won't get into it. Why? And now those who knew him obviously, they would immediately pick up from this stance and this response that this is something that Isa was not happy about, let it be. But he wouldn't say no. The reason is simply he didn't want to hurt anybody's heart. He didn't want to hurt anybody's feeling. So if it was impermissible, he won't say no. But if it was something he wanted should be done, he'll just somehow bypass it. This was his akhlaq. And He had totally refrained from three things. Completely kept himself away from three things. Al-Mira, Wal-Ikbar, From arguments, quarrels, disputes. Nabi Islam was far away from this. Never came close to it. From pride and arrogance. Nabi Islam was totally miles away from it. He was a complete epitome of humility, Tawazu. His humility was at the height. And Mamala Ya'ani, futile things, Nabi Islam had no place in his life for futile things. Everything had a purpose, everything had an object. Even if he was joking with somebody, that had an object also to please a mu'min's heart. So that joking also happened in a way that that person felt happy. Otherwise we joke with somebody so that we get happy at his expense. To hurt his feelings in such a way that we'll get happy. This is a kind of sadism. That we feel happy at somebody else's pain. We'll mock somebody, jeer at someone, run somebody down, make fun of someone. Why? To entertain ourselves. Nabi Sallallahu because the objective was to please a mu'min's heart. So they were light-hearted moments also, to please that person's heart. So everything had a purpose. And this was the akhlaq of Rasulullah Sallallahu that Hazrat Ali Radiallahu is explaining. So Nabi Sallallahu he emphasized akhlaq. Akhlaq was first and foremost in his life. As they say often, talk is cheap. In fact, talk is not cheap, they say talk is free. Cheap also is still you will pay something. Talk is free, you'll find a lot of talk in dunya. Lot of philosophies, lot of theories. But when it comes to matching that talk with action, then that is where the problem comes. That the theory is fantastic, action is missing. We also often, alhamdulillah, that is part of our responsibility, that we have to invite people towards being. 
whether they are our colleagues at work, whether they are our employees, whoever they may be. But the biggest dawah is in our action, especially in our workplaces, especially with those we come into contact with during the course of our day-to-day tasks and responsibilities and duties. They are seeing what we are doing more than they are listening to what we are saying. So mashallah what we are saying is wonderful. Are we also matching it up with action? And this is what we find in the life of Rasulullah that whatever he said was in his life 101%, 1001%. He practiced on it first and foremost. Though there isn't this kind of sequence that a person will first practice and then invite, he will do both side by side. He will learn and he will invite as well. But the thing is that this is the thing to match that talk with practice. If Nabi Sallallahu emphasized Salah, then there was five times Salah that became ordained on the Ummah. With the five times Salah, he even performed Ishraq. He performed Salat al-Duha. After the sun had risen a little more. And then he performed Awabin after Maghrib Salah. And then in Tahajjud, then he stood so long in Tahajjud that his Mubarak feet would swell due to the long rakats. Sometimes in one rakat, reciting at a very slow pace. In one rakat, he's reading what is approximately the equivalent of seven and a half paras. At a very slow pace. And as a result, his feet would swell. And as Aisha asked him, why are you doing this? So much of effort you are undertaking. Nabi Salaam says, Afala abdan shakura. Or I not be a grateful servant of my Rabb? He's blessed me with so much. So this is my shukar if he asked the Ummah to fast, then besides the month of Ramadan, he's fasting so much. Every Monday and Thursday he's fasting. Come the Ayyam Abir, the 13th, 14th and 15th of the lunar month, that is a standard every month he's fasting. Put this together already is more than one third of the month. And every other now and then, there's a Friday that sometimes he's fasting. Sometimes he's fasting on a Saturday. Sometimes he's fasting on some other day. So more than half the month. And as Aisha sometimes says that he would fast, he would say, Qad the Sama. This month he won't even leave one day out. Nothing fast. If you ask the Ummah to give preference to others over themselves, this is such a great lesson. Sacrifice your needs. Let alone sacrifice your comforts and luxuries a bit for somebody else's needs. Maybe you sacrifice your needs for others first. Keep what you need also. Sacrifice some for somebody else who is less fortunate. If he advised this, then how was it in his life? His own daughter, Fatima Anha, who is the queen of Jannah, she comes to Rasulullah to request a servant. Because she was informed that Rasulullah now some slaves have come. He has the right to now give her one. And why? Because she had all these difficult tasks to do to go and fetch the water from the, on a, in a leather bag on her back from a distance to cook on an open fire every day with all that smoke and fumes and to do all the household chores herself difficult tasks, everything herself now the slave can take care of all this who is doing all this? the queen of the woman of Jannah the daughter of Rasulullah and she comes in any case the incident is lengthy Nabi Sallallahu asks her when later he comes to her home that night, he came and went away, what happened? Because Ali Rinal explains that this is what she came for. Nabi Sassam says, that should I tell you something better? Should I tell you something better what? That you recite 33 times Subhanallah, 33 times Alhamdulillah, and 34 times Allahu Akbar, that is better for you than Khadimin than a servant. But in another hadith, an additional aspect is mentioned also. Nabi Sassam said to her, O oh, Fatima, the Ashabu Sufa, the Sahaba who are known as the Ashabu Sufa, totally poor people. I haven't yet managed to sort them out. How can I give you something? On one occasion he told to her that the orphans of Badr have not yet been taken care of completely. How can I give you something now? His own daughter. His daughter who he had tremendous love for. But Nabi Sassim said, give others preference first. He is having that at the highest point in his life. And there were times when he couldn't take a morsel himself. 
There was once when after tremendous hunger, some food was brought in front of Nabi Sallallahu He first took some food and put it aside and gave somebody, he said, first you go and give this to Fatima. She hasn't eaten for so many days. He couldn't take a morsel till he sent it for his daughter. That was the extent of attachment and love. If he lived, left on a journey, the last person he would visit was Hazrat Fatima Anha. When he returned from a journey, the first person he will visit was Hazrat Fatima Anha. And yet she comes to request something. He says, but I haven't sorted everybody else out. They have needs. Their needs are not taken care of. How am I give you? Nabi Sallallahu highlighted and he emphasized the aspect of forgiveness. Subhanallah, what a chapter in the life of Nabi Sallallahu is forgiveness. Chapter is a very small word. This alone is volumes in his Mubarak life. Let we look at this aspect of forgiveness, of overlooking, that it is the conquest of Makkah. And who is now coming? Abu Sufyan He is now coming at this occasion to accept Islam. And who is Abu Sufyan He is that person who prior to his coming to Islam, he led among the leaders of those who led the war against Nabi Sallallahu in Badr. Who was among those who led the war against Nabi Sallallahu in Uhud where 70 Sahaba were martyred. He was the person who was among the leaders of the war against Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Khandaq. He was the one who tried to do so much to harm Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to assassinate him. And here he's coming. And the other Sahaba are seeing Abu Sufyan, all they can now see flashing in their minds are all the crimes that they have committed. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wholeheartedly accepts him. Not just accepts him, Nabi Sallallahu says you got nothing to fear of. Let alone nothing to fear of. Man dakhala dara abi sufyan fahuwa aminun. Listen, no Quraysh, everybody take note. Anybody wants protection today, you enter the masjid, masjid al-haram, you are protected, nobody will touch you. You enter the house of Abu Sufyan and stay in there, you are protected, nobody will touch you. All those who had done the worst crimes, Nabi Sallallahu the conquest of Makkah, power and authority in his hand, one instruction and all of them would have been beheaded. And they would have had no way to defend themselves. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, Man dakhala al Anyone goes away to the Haram Sharif, nobody will touch you. Just remain there, quietly, no. Peacefully, nobody will touch you. Man aghlaqa alayhi babahu fahuwa aminun. You stay in your own house, just close the door, remain peacefully inside, nobody will touch you. Total free amnesty. Can we imagine forgiveness of this level? Ikrama bin Abi Jahl, the son of Abu Jahl, the arch enemy of Rasulullah, who himself had committed untold crimes before Islam. And when Makkah Mukarramah was conquered, he realized that now my time has come. So he ran away and fled to Yemen. His wife had already said to Islam, she somehow went and convinced him she knew what the akhlaq of Nabi is. So she convinced him and brought him. And when she comes, she first comes to Nabi Sallallahu Please give Ikramal protection, give him aman, that nobody must touch him. Nabi Sallallahu says, I've given him aman. He is protected. Now comes Ikrama, and he's coming face to face now for the first time to Nabi Sallallahu in front of Nabi Sallallahu After all these things that he has done, he was also responsible for so many things. He is the son of who? The son of that person who tried to strangle Nabi Sallallahu with a sheet around his neck. He's the son of that person who came and had that intestines of, or the stomach of the animal coming thrown on Nabi Sallallahu's back while he was in Sajda in front of the Kaaba Shari. He's that person who had also done so many things. And now when he comes, Nabi Sallallahu wakes up to receive him. And he says, Marhatan bir Rakibil Muhajir. Welcome to this rider who has come as a Muhajir. Subhanallah, who is he welcoming? Comes as a Hinda radiallahu ta'ala anha who had unfortunately been responsible prior to Islam in the battle of Uhud of chewing the liver of Sayyidina Hamza and that martyrdom was something very difficult on Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was very hurt by this. 
by the martyrdom of his uncle His body was mutilated and then his liver was removed and she chewed it. And she comes, Nabi Sallam gives her aman as well. She accepts Islam and she's forgiven pardon completely, no problem. Who oh, you are free? Comes along Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala'an. Who was the person who was responsible for the martyrdom and mutilation of Hazrat Hamza radiallahu ta'ala'an? And Nabi Sallam sees him. And Nabi Sallam accepts him. This is also a lengthy incident. Nabi Sallam himself invited him, come our doors are open for you. Allah Ta'ala is revealing ayat upon ayat. Don't worry, come, seek your forgiveness. And eventually he accepts Islam. Nabi Sallam is still so hurt about what he saw at that time in Ahad. Says to him, please just stay out of my direct gaze. I'll keep remembering my uncle. But you are also welcome, you are ours. You are also pardoned, forgiven completely. You have nothing to worry about. So the lesson in all this is, Allah Nabi Sallam said something, he was the first to practice it. And he practiced it to the point of perfection and beyond. So he coupled practice with whatever he said, and this is what he wants from us as well. And this is what Allah Ta'ala wants from us. But mashallah to discuss the Mubarak Seerah, this is a great ibadah. To bring alive the Seerah, this is the bigger ibadah. Bring alive the Seerah in our lives, the lives of our families, the lives of our neighbors, the lives of our community, the lives of every person on earth. This is the object and the mission of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Ul in kuntum tuhibbun Allah fattabi'uni yuhbibukum Allahu wa yaghfir lakum yunubakum. That if you claim to love Allah Ta'ala, say O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to the entire mankind, if you claim to love Allah Ta'ala, then you have only one way of proving the claim. Fattabi'uni, follow me. Follow Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala will love you and forgive you. Follow Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi what? Just in the masjid only? Only when there's a funeral? But when there's a wedding, then you do what you want? No, from everything, from the cradle to the grave. How to perform our salah? Sallu kama ra'aykumuni usalli. Nabi Sallallahu says, perform your salah as you see me performing my salah. Follow me in your salah also. When it comes to Hajj, Follow what I am telling you and follow, fulfill your rights of Hajj as I am explaining to you. When it comes to your fasting, you follow how to be thousand fasted. When it comes to your social life, they too follow Rasulullah. When it comes to your domestic life, follow Nabi says the best among you is the one in terms of his domestic life. The one who is best to his wife. And I am the best of everybody to my wife. Nobody can compare, no husband can compare with me in the manner that I deal with my wives. So if, just as we are supposed to be following Nabi Islam in our salah, we will follow him in how we deal with our folks at home as well. How we conduct our business, they too will follow the way of Nabi Islam. How we have our nikahs and marriages. Inna adaman nikahi barakatan aysaruhu mauna. That nikah will have the greatest barakat wherein the least expenses were incurred. That too we will follow the way of Rasulullah. In every facet of life. And therefore Nabi Islam says, La yukminu ahadukum hatta yakuna hawahu tabaan lima jiktubi. None of you is a believer. Can you imagine what an expression? What a strong expression. None of you is a believer. Until his desires are subservient to that which I have brought, the Quran and Sunnah. He desires what is the Sunnah. He desires what is in the Quran and Sunnah. Then he is a true believer. Otherwise there is a very major deficiency in his Iman. You won't say that his Iman is totally negated. There's a major deficiency. So the issue is to bring practice alive. The issue is to start bringing the sunnah alive. The issue is to bring even the remembrance of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam alive in our daily lives. 
Let us ask ourselves today, how many times we decided Guru Sharif? How many times in this day did we decide Guru Sharif also? Whereas Guru Sharif, this is something, the bare minimum, very, very, very bare minimum, is at least hundred times a day. Hundred times a day, Guru Sharif from Rasulullah and that too is a favor upon ourselves, not on anybody else. Man salla alayya salatan wahidatan sallallahu alayhi biha ashara Nabi Islam says the person decides one guru upon me Allah Ta'ala blesses him with ten blessings In another hadith Allah Ta'ala will forgive ten of his sins And also raise ten of his stage, stages in akhirah So we do ourselves a favor Guru Sharif daily Hundred times minimum, bare minimum This is the very 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 bare minimum Then to bring the sunnahs of Nabi Islam alive there are many authentic kitabs on sunnah. Daily we try to start bringing one one thing alive. Take one sunnah. And for the whole week, for two weeks, start practicing on the one sunnah day. Consciously. Put some reminders for ourselves. I'm going to practice on the sunnah. Have one little chart somewhere to keep reminding ourselves. And that has become part of our daily system. Then add a second one. Then add a third one. This is the way to get to Rasulullah sallallahu the beautiful poem of Shaykh Hazrat Muhammad Akhtar Rahmatullah That in the footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu is the road to Jannah and when you reach Allah Ta'ala then you can only reach Allah Ta'ala via the Sunnah. So to bring the Sunnah alive and then the very bare minimum together with this is at least we have some consideration for the desperate plea of Rasulullah MashaAllah we gathered in such a big number to discuss the Mubarak Seerat of Rasulullah but at least let us leave with this much that we will consider his desperate plea the desperate plea of Rasulullah can you imagine a person in his last moments of life on his deathbed as we'll call it though in the case of Nabi Sallallahu this was a passing from dunya into the next phase it is the waqidah of the Anbiya Alayhi Salatu Wasalam I lie in the Qubur in any case this is his last moments of life in dunya and a person in his last moments of life he would only talk that which is of absolute very very close to his heart, absolute passion that he has about something that he is very deeply concerned about and Nabi Islam is leaving this dunya and at that time what is he pleading? his plea with the ummah is as-salah wa ma malakat that be conscious about your salah now, this is a plea of Rasulullah now tomorrow Fajr time, this is the thing to now bring to our minds and hearts. When the time has come for Fajr, and the Muslim has called out Hayyal al-Salah, Hayyal al-Salah, then that is the time that this plea of Nabi Islam is coming along with that Hayyal al-Salah, Hayyal al-Salah. That in those last moments of life, he wasn't concerned about what is going to become the case of his family members. Where they'll eat from. That there wasn't even enough oil in the lamp on the day that Nabi Islam passed away, Hazrat Aisha had to go and borrow some oil from a neighbor to have the lamp lit in the house of Nabi Islam. He wasn't yet concerned about where they eat from. In fact, his dua for his family was, Allahumma al rizqa ali Muhammadin quta. Allah give my family only that which is just sufficient for them. He didn't make any dua for any luxury for his family. What he was concerned about, Ya Allah, my ummah to come. And what they will do about their salah? This is the plea, this is the sirat. The tomorrow morning at the time of Fajr, will we remember this plea? At the time of Zohar, in the midst of all this holiday making and all these merry making and party time and so on, which is something that we have nothing to do with. This is not our way of life, this is not our season, this is something which is a topic on its own, but a mu'min will be far away from all these things. But all these things will it come in the way of our salah? 
No, Mu'min who will remember this plea of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this won't come Allah, Nabi Sallallahu thought of us all the time. At such occasions, in his du'as, on one occasion he saying to the Sahaba Ikram that, Mata alqa ahbabi, when I will meet my beloved ones, <coughs> my friends, my beloved ones, anahlayhim bil ashwaq, I am very eager to meet them. So the Sahaba asked, are we not your beloved friends? He said, you are my ashab. It's like a son. Father said that, when I'll meet my friend, so the son says, but am I not your friend? He says, you are my son. You are beyond a friend. You are a friend and a son and everything. So you go without mention. You are already here. I'm talking about somebody on the next level. But he's referring to his ummah now. So the Sahaba asked, who are these people? Who are you referring to then? Nabi Sallallahu says that people who will come آمَنُوا بِي وَلَمْ يَرَوْنِي They will come later in time. They would have, they will bring Iman upon me though they have never seen me. أَنَا إِلَيْهِمْ بِالْأَشْوَاقِ I am very eager to meet such people. That they brought Iman on me, they didn't even see me but they believed in me. Nabi Sallallahu is showing his eagerness to meet his ummatis. That on the day of Qiyamah he will be eager to meet them at Hawzai Kawsar. He'll be eager to meet them when the deeds are being weighed to try and see what assistance he can give them. He will be there on the day of Qiyamah to make shafat and intercession on their behalf. Once with Aisha, she sees Nabi Wasallam very happy, she asks him to make dua. So he makes dua for her. Allahumma khfir li Aisha ta ma taqaddama min zambiha wa ma taakhar wa ma asarrat wa ma a'lanat Ya Allah forgive all the shortcomings of Aisha whatever she might have done past and previous or in the future big or small forgive her now, this is what they treasured dua so she became so overjoyed she couldn't contain her happiness her head came into her lap she couldn't sit she was so overjoyed Nabi Sahasana asked her Yasuruki dua ya Aisha oh Aisha my dua has made you happy she said indeed what a wonderful dua Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam replied and said, That this is the dua I make for my ummah after every salam. This is the extent to which Rasulullah Sallallahu is remembering his ummah. And how much is the ummah remembering their Nabi? Are they remembering their Nabi at the time of salah? And his desperate plea? Are they remembering their Nabi at the time when they are wanting to speak? But how did he speak? He never uttered a vulgar word once in his life. Is the Ummah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi remembering this? Are they remembering Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he never took revenge for himself? Are they remembering this? Are they remembering Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi at the time of their nikahs? Or are they making everybody happy and paining the heart of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi are they making Rasulullah happy in the way of their appearance? Are they making him happy in all the various aspects of life? This is what Sirat is all about. This is what Sirat is all about to live the life of Rasulullah. To live the life of Nabi in our ibadat, in our muamalat, in our dealings, in our muasharat, social life, in our akhlaq, our character, in every aspect. Then on that day when we will meet Nabi he will inshallah intercede on our behalf and he will grant us the more mubarak water of toaster with his mubarak hands after drinking which layas abada a person will never become thirsty and he will be the one, the, the one to make that intercession on our behalf to gain jannah without any reckoning inshallah but we have to do what our duty is now and we have to do this to bring it in our lives to bring it in the lives of our families to make the effort to bring it in the lives of our community to make the effort to bring in the life of the entire ummah of Rasulullah because this is his ummah and he was concerned about every ummati and therefore we have to also have his concern at heart so this is the seerah that we have to bring alive and just to recap that inshallah as of now we will remember this plea, this plea of the Prophet this desperate plea at the time of every salah we will remember this desperate plea when we are being tempted towards harm. And we will also remember Nabi Sallallahu in the form of Guru Sharif daily, minimum hundred times. We will remember Nabi Sallallahu by trying to bring the sunnahs alive in our life.
And inshallah, in this way, we will get closer to him in the hadith that Rabbi Sallallahu said once. We will finish off on this. He said, was it Ta'ala as he was dispatching him to Yemen. And he made it obvious that Mu'az, this is our last meeting. When you come back, I would have left this dunya. And Hazrat Mu'az became very emotional. That he's going so far away, and this is the last meeting. Nabi Sallallahu said to him, Inna awla nasi bi al-muttaqoon. Mu'az, you want to be close to me? And this is a prescription. That inna awla nasi bi al-muttaqoon. The closest persons to me are those who have taqwa. Who have the fear of Allah Ta'ala. In every aspect of life, they refrain from sin. Ayyam man kanu, wahaythu man kanu, wahaythu ma kanu. Whoever it may be, and wherever they may be. They may be in the tip of Africa, or they may be in somewhere on the end of the North Pole, or somewhere in the South or East or North or West, wherever they may be. Whoever it may be. If the person has taqwa, then he is very, very close to Rasulullah and he may be standing half a meter away from the Rosa Mubarak, but he doesn't have taqwa in his life, he doesn't have the way of life of Rasulullah, then despite being physically close, he is very far away. We want to be close to Rasulullah, we have to bring taqwa in our lives. Bring the way of life of Rasulullah, we will gain the love of Allah, wa ta'ala. we will gain the forgiveness of Allah, ta'ala. we will gain the closeness of Rasulullah, and inshallah, on the day of Qiyamah, with the intercession and shafat of Rasulullah we'll get direct jannat Allah ta'ala give us a topic of bringing the seerat alive in our lives in the lives of one and all wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma lika alhamdu kulluhu wa lika shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi sana'an alayhi anta kama asnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكون من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عنا تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعادك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين